0: Welcome to Trashy Divorces, y'all. It is another Trashy Royals episode. Do, do, do. I'm Alicia. My name is Stacey. Thanks for joining us. We're back again with another tutors, y'all. It's so much fun. I just can't help myself. This week, we are going to the court of Elizabeth I. Only part one. We're going to talk about her motherly figures. Part two of this story is going to be coming next week for you. It's a nice little thread That connects together so many of the other stories you've heard in the last few weeks. Again, this is from Patreon many moons ago. The Robert Dudley episode that we refer to in this story can be found on the regular Trashy Divorces feed all the way back in Season 4, Episode 11. That's December 2019. (laughs) Like in a whole different
1: world. Whole different
0: world. (laughs) The name of that episode is called Bizarre Love Triangle. That is the Amy Robsart, Robert Dudley, Elizabeth I love triangle story that we refer to in this story if you're looking for how to get that one.
1: So we will be back on Sunday with two new trashy divorces. And in the meantime, thanks for tuning in. That's for sure. Don't forget, there's also extra tutor trash candy at the
0: bit.ly slash trash candy link. You can just type that in and get some free episodes. Henry VIII and Love Letters and Heaver Castle, so a little bit more supplemental material if you're looking for that. Sure. You can find that on bit.ly slash trashcandy. I think that's the business. I think that's the business. I'll tutor all the time.
1: What should we do now, Alicia? Uh, we
0: got to go, go, go.
1: All right, Alicia, you Hi. have a story about Seymour Butts. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> Trashier tutors is that where we are? Trashier tutors is where we are. Awesome. Take off your socks. I was going to say, get I think off. it's worth the wait. You're really excited. It's a good
0: story. So we have talked in previous trashy tutor episodes about Elizabeth the first. We spent a lot of time on her mom. I've heard of her Anne yeah. Boleyn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today mm-hmm. we're talking about the court of Elizabeth the first. Okay. Bessie the one.
1: Bessie one.
0: Bessie one. Her ladies-in-waiting, her maids of honor. Uh-huh. Or dishonor.
1: uh Well, I mean,
0: the queen protects their reputation, and they protect hers. mm <laughs> And her secrets. So far, we've talked a lot about Elizabeth's right-hand men, right? We've talked about William Cecil a bunch, some court machinations. Like, everything's been... Pony boy. Yeah. Men. What about her right-hand women? We're going to get into it today. Speaking of, back on May 27th, We did a bonus divorce about Robert Dudley. It's called Son of a Son of a Traitor. It was a bonus divorce, so it's kind of Tudor adjacent, but there's a crap ton about 1553 and the political power plays that were happening alongside the story I'm telling today. It's really good filler between this episode and part two of the ladies of Bessie One's Court coming next week. It's a two-parter. It's too long for a one-parter. Okay. Okay. Today, we're going to talk about Elizabeth's mother figures in her court. These are the loyalist of all loyal friends. These are the women who ensure Elizabeth stays alive to actually get to be queen.
1: Right, because her own mother did not, did not stay alive. Lost her head. All right, so let's
0: start this out. Sure. From the age of eight, remember Elizabeth has said, I will never marry. Right. She never does. And you got to have friends. All right. The first lady we're going to talk about is Cat Ashley. She is the first and most loyal of Elizabeth's court. When Edward VI is born to Henry VIII and Jane Seymour, Mm -hmm. Elizabeth loses the good governess, right? Lady Brian is now sent from Elizabeth, who was the youngest child, over to the household of the new prince, Elizabeth needs a governess. She's four years old. Cat mm-hmm. Champernowne steps up. Cat is going to marry a dude named John Ashley in 1545. So you're going to hear history refer to her mainly as Cat Ashley. Sure. But Elizabeth's going to call her Cat. And Cat and E are fucking tight forever. Cat w- has been a lady-in-waiting to Elizabeth since 1536, like the year before when she was three. 1537, Lady Brian gets sent to take care of Eddie Six, future Eddie Six. Right now, just Edward Tudor. And when Elizabeth is four, new governess is appointed. Cat Ashley is essentially a mother figure to Elizabeth and will be until she dies. She is loyal and true. Just an aside, Cat Ashley should not be confused with her niece, Catherine Champerdowne, who's the mother of Sir Humphrey Gilbert and Sir Walter Raleigh. Just FYI. Okay. different. That's why we kind of call her Cat Ashley.
1: And wait, so her name prior to marriage was what? Champernown. But she should not be confused with whom? Her niece. who There's, is
0: Her niece is Catherine Champernown, too. Gotcha. She, See, that's,
1: that was where my confusion came in. Okay, so they, they all have the same name. Because once again, in this time period.
0: <laughs> cat Ashley is smart as fuck. She's well educated. She's got a really good education for women in Tudor England. She teaches Elizabeth astronomy, geography, history, mathematics, French, English, Flemish, Italian, Spanish, needlework, embroidery, dancing, writing, court customs, and manners. Elizabeth praised Cat's early devotion to her, saying Cat took great labor and pain. In bringing of me up in learning and honesty. Like, Cat Ashley is Elizabeth's substitute mom from as early as Elizabeth is going to be able to remember and will be until Cat Ashley's dying breath. So things are going well enough for Elizabeth. We're going to take a little sideline and introduce a new character. Thomas Seymour. Old Tommy boy. Tommy. <sighs> is the brother of Jane Seymour. Remember Henry VIII's third wife mm-hmm. and uncle to future Eddie VI. Tommy Seymour has some pretty important jobs at court. He is in the mix and meets Anne of Cleves in 1539. He The goes, original AOC. The original AOC. He goes on all kinds of embassy missions. And by the early 1540s, old Tommy Seymour has a gal and her name is katherine parr mm. and wowza does poor Catherine need some happy she's been a wife to a few old men by now she's a childless widow but unfortunately smart and sexy and awesome and hot enough to turn henry the eight i was gonna attention. say this was mm-hmm.
1: one of the yeah okay
0: because just as soon as Catherine parr and old tommy boy are about to make it happen Henry VIII, and his ever infamous move, is like, nope, Tommy, I'm going to need you to go to Brussels for a fuckload of a long time and get away from my new wife. Hmm. And Catherine Parr, like, you don't say no to the king. Like, you just, you don't say no to the king. So, again, another quick interlude. Listen to Six the Musical. Y'all, I gushed about it on a very early Patreon episode, but if you haven't gone back that far... The soundtrack for Six The Musical is amazing. Each of Henry's wives get together a la like Spice Girls and m- make a band. And Catherine Parr's song will leave you bawling. And the songs of both AOC and Annie B are amazing. Get down with that soundtrack. I guarantee if you dig the Tudors, you're going to love it. I digress. So Catherine Parr and Henry Mary. And Elizabeth comes to court. She's about 10. But now that there's a mom figure, because remember Catherine Howard, the last one, 17 and beheaded. Mm, Right. She's about 10. She comes back to court and it's almost like she has a functioning family again. Cat is totally with her and is at her side. Things are pretty good for a while. In 1545, Cat marries John Ashley, who is a cousin of Anne Boleyn's. Okay. These people have Elizabeth's back her entire fucking life. The Ashleys are amazing. Okay, John Ashley is the senior gentleman in Elizabeth's court, and pretty much has been since the beginning of her time. So, like both John and Cat are devoted to Elizabeth, and everything goes great till 1547 when Henry VIII dies. So there's going to be some shuffle. <laughs> Henry VIII leaves Catherine Parr like seven thousand pounds a year to get by, and instructions that she should be treated as if he were still alive she expects to be regent to right fast eddie the six because when he went off to fight whoever the fuck he was fighting she was regent like she's perfectly capable of this but no she's not so eddie the six is now king and he's the boy king and we have all kinds of men playing for power we have the dudleys mainly and the seymours but we most especially have Tommy boy and he is nowhere near as powerful as his older brother, Edward Seymour, who is appointed Lord Protector of Eddie the Oh, yeah. Because once Henry bites it, the first thing old Tommy does is hightail it on back to England. Oh, I would think. Yeah. Okay. So. I mean, Tom- I'm sure Brussels is great, but. <laughs> uh... Thomas Seymour is the younger brother. He's just ick. He's really pissed that he doesn't have as much power as his older brother Edward and Thomas will do just about anything to get it so the first thing he tries to do when Henry VIII dies is he tries to line up a marriage with Princess Mary or Lady Elizabeth doesn't matter which one I don't love them I just want their power their money and their land sure Eddie VI has to consent and does not so neither one of these plans got approved. So on to plan B. Hey, Henry's dead and Catherine's available. Catherine Parr.
1: Who he had been hot and heavy with. Sure. Once before. Sure.
0: I mean, he's still going to go to marrying and Elizabeth and. Oh, yeah. Work so that plan first. He's but scheming. Yeah. Hell, marrying the dowager queen gets Thomas pretty close. Yeah. Not as close as a princess. Seven thousand pounds a year, though. Catherine bad. Parr is head over heels in love with Thomas Seymour. She has been for years, and maybe now, maybe now, Catherine Parr can finally get her happy ending. He proposes. Catherine Parr, who's in her early 30s, childless, totally says yes. Super great. Except they marry in secret sometime in May 1547 because they have no one's permission. Henry's been dead six months, and Catherine's not waiting anymore. And once a few months later, the truth comes out that they are married, it is fucking scandal city because they did not get permission. Everybody's pissed because the Dudleys and older brother Eddie, as well as the court is like, poor you, Catherine Parr. Don't you see what Tommy Seymour is trying to pull on your ass? Everybody's mad. They are censured. They are reprimanded. Okay, so if the... Seymour Brothers ever had an alliance, this is where it dies. Because Edward is a boy. He's a teenager. He doesn't have a queen. So Edward Seymour, as Lord Protector, his wife, Anne Stanhope, is acting like the queen. She's wearing all the queen's jewels. And Catherine Parr is like, what the fuck? I'm the Dowager queen. I'd like my jewelry back now. believe that's my ring on your finger. That's exactly right. So and Stanhope has the Queen's jewels as the Lord Protector's wife, won't give them back. Catherine Parr should be being treated like a lot better, but the animosity between these two women leads to an even bigger rift between the, Eddie and yeah, Tommy. Yeah. But no matter, Catherine Parr and Tommy, they're married, they're in love, and they head off to Chelsea to live. This is six months after the death of Henry. Not permitted in a fucking scandal. People are like legit. He's not even cold in the ground yet. But time waits for no woman. Fighting over jewels. Power and access to the king. Oh yeah, and Elizabeth comes. Along with Lady Jane Grey. But that's a different story for a different day. So everybody's a happy family. And Catherine Parr is kind of being mom to Elizabeth. And Catherine finds out that she is pregnant in
1: March of 1548. Things are all good, right? I mean, I would guess. I'm surprised that... Anyway, I'm surprised it took her that long to become pregnant, in the in that day and age. She's gonna have a happy ending. Probably not. No, I, not at all. Things are horrible. Sort of recall this going badly from episode because one of our podcast. Old
0: Tommy Seymour's fucking child predator. Oh, Catherine's pregnant, and it starts, and Tommy starts coming in Elizabeth's room early in the morning in his nightshirt and nothing else. He flirts with her. He tickles her. He spanks her. He crawls into bed with her. And he's handsome. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Your eyes are... No, it's yeah, creepy Yeah, no, spot. it's...
1: That's, that's ugly.
0: He's handsome and dashing and, like, our age restrictions are not the Tudor-era age restrictions. Sure, but,
1: but he's married. Like, it, you know, yes, there, there was a... His wife is pregnant. He's got to get it out somewhere. I'm just saying. There was a, you know... Yes, you could arrange a marriage between a 13-year-old and a 20-year-old, whatever, but yeah, this is not that. This is No, it is not that. This is just creeping. No, it's creepy. So, Cat Ashley, right, is Elizabeth's
0: governess attendant like I mean, you're handsome and dashing, but you're also her stepfather. So she hangs with this for like a second, but it gets weird. And it gets weirder for Cat Kind of by the day. Mm -hmm. And now Elizabeth is rising earlier every day and getting out of bed and getting dressed. So when old Tommy comes in. When
1: gross guy comes in. To throw
0: his fucking Jerry around, she is already fully dressed, out of bed, sitting at her desk, working. Like, okay. This is all so creepy. Tommy can't crawl into bed with her. And Elizabeth may have had, like, she's, you know, a preteen. There's a handsome, dashing man, and, like, she may have had a crush on him. Like, I can see how she's got conflicting feelings.
1: Okay, or he was molesting her. Or he was molesting her. I guess both could be true as well, because people are complicated, but still, Tommy,
0: put it away. Yeah. So Kat, who was at once, like, bemused by all of this, is growing more alarmed by the day. And she goes and talks to Catherine Parr. And Catherine Parr kind of brushes it off. And of course, Tommy is, how dare you question me? And Tommy elicits Catherine Parr in his fucking games to where one day Catherine Parr is taking scissors to Elizabeth's clothes and like participate, like slicing them up. Like you've been sad too long mourning your father or whatever, but like making Catherine Parr complicit in whatever his schemes, because Catherine Paul's in thrall of him. She finally has her man and Elizabeth is too. And Tommy is like getting away with all of this until one day, Cat Ashley talks to Catherine Parr and tells Catherine Parr that she caught Elizabeth in Seymour's arms. Catherine Parr, Lectures Elizabeth about gossip and keeping her reputation intact and promptly
1: sends her away. Good. Okay. Mm
0: -hmm. You should read the letters that poor Elizabeth sends to Catherine Parr. Elizabeth is not responsible for a sexual predator, but these letters will break your heart. They are filled with just the most like Anne of Green Gables level emotion remorse. Elizabeth will never see Catherine Parr again. Because in August of that year, Catherine Parr does give birth to a daughter named Mary. And a few days later, she's delirious. She's hostile. She's talking crazy in her fucking bed and she's dead. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Six days later, dies two days before Elizabeth's 15th birthday. Good Lord. Catherine Parr leaves all of her worldly possessions to old Tommy, making him one of the richest men in England. It's the saddest story ever told. Mm Mm-hmm. But old Tommy, just can't get enough, is involved in some, I don't know, dirty political business and immediately reverts to the idea of marrying Elizabeth.
1: He's bad. I'm rolling my eyes. He is pulling all kinds of stuff behind the scenes. I am not impressed with Thomas Seymour.
0: Oh my God, Thomas Seymour is a fucking prick.
1: He, um, the first thing he's in trouble for... Like I
0: don't have all this detail. Let me see if I can remember all the dipshitty behavior. He gives Eddie the six pocket money. So, like, Eddie the six can tip and feel like a big man. But he's fucking 12. And he is the king. Everything's provided for. But, like, a teenage kid who's like, I don't have any pocket money. So, Tommy, C., you know, gives Eddie pocket money just so he can feel like a bit But he's always trying to, like, butter him up mm-hmm. and worm his way in. The end of the line comes one night where Tommy Seymour breaks into the king's chambers. No one's sure what Tommy Seymour was trying to pull. Maybe he wanted to kidnap the king. He says like, oh, I was just showing you how lax security could be. But here's why all of that's fucking bullshit. And Thomas Seymour is the biggest asshole that ever lived. The king has spaniels. And the Spaniel wakes up and starts barking. And Thomas Seymour doesn't want to get revealed, so he shoots the dog. He is a <clears throat> crap piece of shit. He's a crap piece of shit, Tommy Seymour.
1: Okay, well, that, that ending took a turn. So, wait, how does... So, that's how the dog ends. How does Tommy Seymour end?
0: He's arrested for treason. Thirty three 33, char- 33 wow. charges of treason, in fact. But the bad part of this is they're hauling all of Elizabeth's household in for questioning because Elizabeth has lived with like, they're trying to hang
1: her up too. Uh, Interesting. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to string somebody up for treason, you may as well make it a conspiracy and string up all your enemies. Exactly.
0: Right. So in January of 1549, poor cat Ashley is taken to the tower. She is questioned a shit ton as was the rest of Elizabeth's household. About all of his nefariousness. It's bad. Elizabeth is interrogated for weeks. So were Kat and John. But Elizabeth smart as shit. In learning how the game works. And this is the best thing. Like team Elizabeth. Yeah this is the best thing. About their testimony. Is all of their inquisitors. Their questioners. Would get together after they were done. Talking to each of them individually. Right
1: compare notes.
0: And everybody's story is the same and their inquisitors are so mad. They're like, they're singing from the same songbook, Like, but they had it, you know, it's protecting that kid.
1: Sure. But it's also, it's fairly straightforward to tell the truth, right? Like lying in a group gets complicated, but if the story is like, yeah, we live there, but like nothing, you know, like, I mean, if the story is benign, it's well, Kat does
0: like, Come out with the, yeah, he invaded her bedchamber. And I talked to Catherine, like, Catherine Parr's dead, so she can't. Right. But, you know, like, Cat does all the sexual predation comes out. Mm -hmm. And it's embarrassing for Elizabeth, but Elizabeth is not found complicit in any conspiracy. sure This is also the time where Elizabeth begins dressing herself in much more somber clothing, darker clothes, sleeves all the way to the goes end, goth neck all yeah she goes goth
1: yeah no i mean she got like her yeah. dad died and then she was molested and then and she like she takes yeah, a distinct she fashion goth. change
0: uh she begins to hold herself accountable in a different way and probably honestly feels better and more assured than ever about that i'll never mm-hmm. marry thing yeah because now like <sighs> this is significant this is her adolescent development and this is, like, even if you were madly in love with Thomas Seymour, the first man you're madly in love with tried to fucking use you and gets beheaded. Like, look at your dad's history. Look at your teenage crush. Like, ah, okay. Yeah. Old Tommy is executed on the Tower Hill, March 20th, 1549.
1: So, like, this is not, is this on the same grounds where her mother had been mm-hmm. beheaded? God Goddamn.
0: I mean, he was Tower Hill. I think that's Tower Green, but close okay. then, you know.
1: Spitting distance. A little bit. It's, I mean, it's at the Tower. At to the Tower. Hmm. Hmm. I can't... I <laughs> I cannot begin to grasp with the, the complexity of the... Like, Elizabeth's father, the king, had Elizabeth's mother, the queen, murdered in public.
0: Also Elizabeth's
1: cousin, Catherine Howard. And... A
0: bunch of relatives of Elizabeth,
1: right? But in theory, um, she would have been expected to, you know, love her father, in spite oh, like talk about a conflicted. Holy shit! Like, I think it's. I don't think she would have had a happy marriage had she chosen to marry at some point. Mm. I don't think she was equipped <laughs> for that. She
0: and Robert Dudley would have been a good match, maybe. I mean, they. They would have, but Maybe. he was an impossibility. Anyway, hmm. okay. Fifteen forty nine. Old Tommy's dead. Elizabeth and Cat return to Hatsfield and everything goes well enough. Like Elizabeth is lucky to have escaped all of that with her mm-hmm. reputation intactish with time to rebuild. And Elizabeth stays kind of low, like pretty low. But this is the early fifteen. Yeah, listen. To, 50s.
1: Listen to the cure. <laughs> like Morsey. Yeah like
0: playing with eyeliner
1: lighting a room with candles
0: oh i guess everybody did (laughs) writing on my walls, tattooing myself with i don't know i was never very goth (laughs) no i don't imagine you were my goth always kind of looked like i was in a halloween costume not that i didn't try i tried goth i just wasn't very good at it Uh, i'm a little too sunny i can believe yeah to be goth yeah i don't have the attitude yeah (laughs) anyway In the early 1550s, back to the Dudleys, they're all the... So the Dudleys and the Seymours are fighting in the early 1550s. Well, Edward Seymour and the Dudleys are fighting.
1: Because, again, England at this time was basically a big, like, gangland crime spree by crime families.
0: Pretty much. So Elizabeth kind of stays low. And, you know, just as soon as things get kind of good, less than in England, shit's going to get all fucked up. Because in 1553... Eddie the sixth dies.
1: And what does he die of
0: again? Do you know? Uh, mystery disease. Okay. He's sixteen. The I don't know. Sweating
1: sickness or whatever.
0: No one really knows. Um, but he's he's done. And then there's Jane, Lady Jane Gray, the nine days queen, was the chief mourner for Catherine Parr. And Mary's gonna kill her and Guilford and all the other Dudleys and whatever. It's it's Mary. It's fucking Mary's time to rule the roost in England. This is Bloody Mary, mm-hmm. who basically leads a religious war against I mean, the English public. That's it, dude. Like England, who's never had a female ruler, and we've heard about them all now in trashy Tudors. Finally, gets it like it actually happens, and it's fucking Mary.
1: And she's of- Catholic, right? And oh, she launches God. war on yes, because yes, because Henry had created a Protestant England, and good lord. Yeah, and she killed thousands, right? Like, she... Hundreds, yeah. Burning bodies, no, she's and yeah, just awful. So
0: poor Mary, who's been bullied and used by her crap father from birth, sure. and angry about all of the disservice that has been done to her poor mother, Catherine of Aragon, yeah. and herself, by Anne Boleyn, mm-hmm. and now Mary mm. is queen and fucking paranoid. She assumes, at the end of 1553 takes her until 1554 for Elizabeth to be imprisoned in the tower. Elizabeth's friend from childhood, Robert Dudley, is in the tower too at this point. Cat is allowed to rejoin Elizabeth in 1555. Poor Cat Ashley is arrested in 1556, following the discovery of seditious books. So, not Catholic Protestant books. Cat Ashley for Elizabeth spends three months in fleet prison,
1: I don't imagine conditions were great there. No, conditions were pretty shitty there. Yeah. And
0: she was forbidden to see Elizabeth again.
1: Well, the cholera.
0: Cat <laughs> uh, Ashley's on Clampdown. That doesn't stop Cat Ashley because, blessedly again, fucking Mary dies in 1558. And da 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 da, Elizabeth becomes queen. Cat Ashley is immediately made the first lady of the bedchamber. John Ashley is immediately appointed master of the jewel house. Cat becomes influential. She is a source of information for the queen. You go, to, if you need something, she's a right-hand woman. You go to fucking Cat Ashley. You need Elizabeth, she's your girl. It's 1558 when Elizabeth assumes the throne. Cat is around for the like first seven years of Elizabeth's reign. Elizabeth is disconsolate when Cat dies in the summer of 1565. Yikes. I mean... Long and healthy, like, long yeah. life protecting yeah her crown jewel. Mm-hmm. Like, it just it, – Kat Ashley is a testament to loyal loyalty beyond measure. I love her story. I mean, she was a little foolish. She probably went along with the Tommy Seymour thing a little more than she should have. She was romantic by nature and very – um you can, you can see her influence on Elizabeth. Cause I mean, Elizabeth was a scholar. She's brilliant. But again, you know, Elizabeth says, Kat gave me, you know, the learning and honesty. I know this is the way I live because of Kat
1: Ashley. Hmm. So. Do you know how, like, I assume Thomas Ashley remained. John Ashley. John Ashley. John uh, Ashley. Remained. He did. Part of her government. He and, mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. They're, I mean, they're Elizabeth's substitute parents and have been her whole fucking life. So those are the Ashleys. When Cat Ashley dies, Blanche Perry then becomes the chief gentlewoman of the Privy Chamber. Oh, Blanche. Now, Blanche has been around Elizabeth just as long, like since she was a baby, too. She's just as loyal as Cat Ashley. But think about Blanche as uh, lying in wait. She's Blanche has been second in command to Cat Ashley since the beginning of Elizabeth's life. So in 1565, Elizabeth is 32. Now Blanche steps in. Blanche originally arrives at court with her aunt and namesake, Blanche Milburn. Milborne, I don't know.
1: Okay.
0: Uh who is also Lady Herbert, which is probably Lady Herbert of Troy or Herbert or who I the fuck f- knows of Troy? Okay. Blanche Milbourne sure. is lady mistress of the king's household. So, at the point where Blanche Perry comes in with her aunt, her aunt is in charge of Mary, Elizabeth, and Edward. These were happier times when all the kids were together. That's how Blanche Perry gets to court. It's important to keep in mind that Blanche Perry is also the cousin of William Cecil. Uh, her he's the master her of right hand man yes
1: little finger is that yeah, really is, Game of the yeah, character? She's,
0: exactly so blanche has been tied to elizabeth from day fucking one so is william fucking cecil uh blanche and cecil are kind of like john and Kat in a different way they team up um they will always be have always been and will always be team elizabeth blanche is super smart she's bilingual she lands in Elizabeth's court when Elizabeth is born in 1533. Blanche Perry is related to pretty much every notable royal family in the West. She's, her people are a big deal in Wales, so that kind of ties her in to all of them. She loyally attends Queen Elizabeth. Her epitaph in Bacton Church, which we're going to talk about in a minute, cradle saw I rocked like she she's been there Mm -hmm. from birth she hardly leaves Elizabeth when Elizabeth is imprisoned at the Tower of London it's Blanche that goes with her when Elizabeth is crowned queen in 1558 Perry is the gentlewoman of the privy chamber she also like cat Ashley controls access to the queen she is in charge of the queen's jewels from before Elizabeth's accession. And of the Great Seal of England for two years. She keeps track of Elizabeth's papers, clothes, furs, books. Because of this, she gets a lot of cash. (laughs) She received considerable sums of money, land as well. I mean, it's
1: good to be, you know, BFFs with uh,
0: the monarch. You know, it's the lady who keeps your secret. Mm -hmm. I mean, she really is the conduit to. Elizabeth, especially once Cat Ashley dies. Like, you got to get through Blanche to do it. And often makes pleas to Elizabeth, you know, if I can plead for your case or against you, how is that going to go? She and, again, William Cecil work closely together to influence Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. So even though Elizabeth doesn't have a husband, she has a secretary of state and her lady-in-waiting BFF that right. are on either side of her ears. Here's something a little interesting. So, I mean, Elizabeth does bestow lots of money, two wardships. She acquires Blanche, acquires lands in Hertfordshire, Yorkshire, Wales. When Elizabeth's done wearing her clothes, she gives them to Blanche. Mm. Okay. Hold on. Before I talk about that, Blanche dies on the 12th of February, 1590, at the age of eighty-two, she is buried with the rank of baroness, and the queen paid for her funeral expenses. Hmm. She has two monuments to her memory. One of those is in Backton Church. Yes, yes, because yes, our awesome patron Taylor Hill went to see the Backton altar cloth at Hampton Court and sent us pictures sent today. Us amazing, Taylor, you're amazing. Yeah, oh my god! Those
1: pictures are remarkable. Remarkable. One of the flowers in the cloth is identifiably borage. <laughs> I was so excited when I saw that. There are honeybees. There are deer. There it's like and the eyes and the ears. So that part was not right. That's in the painting, the rainbow mm. painting. But mm-hmm. yeah, the the I don't know if that's a sash or what that is, but yeah, there are creepily eyes and ears painted like I guess they appeared on the sash that she was wearing so that
0: dress y'all go back and listen to that Trashy Tudors like I don't want to do the whole thing again but Blanche Perry sure, because she was gentle privy woman first lady to the queen gets Elizabeth's cast off clothes Right. which is how the Bacton altar cloth the the dress ends up getting repurposed at some point for the altar cloth at Bacton Church so Right now, thank you, Taylor. You made my day. Those Mine pictures too. are glorious, and yeah. maybe I'll see if we can get them saved and post them on Patreon. Yeah, they were amazing.
1: Super neat. Thank you so much.
0: Because of this connection, it is given to the church, and ah, oh, um, it, it's amazing. And it was given to the church in the memory of Blanche Perry. So that's how it came to be there was her second right. mom lady in waiting
1: No I think the case for it being that the dress from that painting is very strong oh, I mean for sh- that yeah yeah
0: Elizabeth had a shit ton of clothes though Sure Also another one of her more memorials Blanche Perry's memorials dates to before November 1578 and it is the earliest known depiction of Elizabeth I as Gloriana which becomes her like big time iconography. Like, right. We haven't made it to the Spanish Armada. Now I'm just thinking about the fucking Goonies dude. Um, or Robert Francis and his all of Spencer and all of that Gloriana nonsense. Anyway, Thomas Markham sends news to the Earl of Shrewsbury when she dies and says on Thursday, last Mrs. Blanche of Perry departed blind. She was here on earth. But I hope the joys in heaven she shall shall see. So 82 devoted her entire fucking life, like from the age of 25 to Elizabeth I. It's amazing. That's only part one. (laughs) That's only part one. Next week, we're done. Mama Cat and Mama Blanche are done and we're going to get into Grown Lady Trash. Awesome, that are
1: awesome.
0: the, yeah, they're going to take over contemporaries and youngers, the girl band, the girl band of like once Elizabeth is actually queen, her friends and her foes. These are some contemporaries or maybe even her female relatives. Mm. Get ready y'all. Cause that's fucking trashy. Again, a great time to catch up on the May 27th Patreon about Robert Dudley, son of a son of a traitor. It goes into his wife's murder in 1560
1: yeah maybe murder it's not clear it's a true crime story
0: talks about William Cecil uh in a 1553 and will fill in a little more of the backstory in this story as well as give a little context to what's going to come in part two believe it or not all of my tutor curriculum works together I'm fooling you with learning dropping science like Galileo dropped the orange on the Tudas. That's what I got. Okay. Thanks y'all for being patient. I hope you enjoyed part one of the court of Bessie One. Bessie One. Bessie One, Betty One. Bess. She would slap us, Elizabeth. She would be so mad. Liz One. Oh, Lizzie.
1: Well, on Doctor Who, there's a Liz Ten. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Doctor
0: Who was in love with Elizabeth. Well mm-hmm.
1: they married i'm gonna say in love that's
0: pushing it a little far but yeah they married yeah that's not your homework but
1: no talk about it with us all
0: right we can't end an episode
1: nope thanks for listening thanks y'all
0: for tuning in keep it trashy yeah don't keep it trashy as tommy seymour no 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 no, hate that guy all right okay see you next time y'all Bye. bye